Hi gang. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. Praise the Lord. What a joyous time of worship, yeah. You know, I, I, I that that first song when uh, uh, when Shervel had a stand up and uh, uh, we were singing and we were clapping and I was I was thinking, oh man, I'm getting a little lightheaded. And I was thinking, I wonder if I want to get slain in the spirit like these guys on TV. I, I heard about that on TV, but I came to the conclusion. I said, ah, no, it's the. I think it's the heartbreak of halitosis. Because <laughs> I had my mask on, I was breathing, and I was thinking, oh, I'm being overcome by the fumes, I think. <laughs> I got a brush with Ajax or something, I don't know. But how are you guys doing? What, what a good time of worship, yeah? What a great thing it is to be in the house of the Lord. I can say amen to that. I don't have to wait for you guys, but... <laughs> Praise the Lord, we're going to just, uh, oh, I, I, we were used to, to receiving our tithes and offerings at this time, but, you know, in lieu of just keeping the movement down, we just have the offering basket out at the, uh, at the information table, so if you just want to drop it in there uh, as time allows, that's great. Praise the Lord for uh, your generosity, you guys. Uh, you know, today is Communion Sunday. Another Communion Sunday has come, and it's going to go. And uh, since the start, the onset of this uh, COVID pandemic, we, we haven't really passed the, the community plate around with the bread for everyone to take. And, you know, we're going to have to do something. Uh, and uh, eventually, hopefully, by next uh, Communion, we'll have that, that worked out to where uh, we can receive that. I don't know about these little cups where you got to pull the, the tops off. And it always seems that they're spilling. And I hate to get it, you know, uh, everything spilling on each other and ourselves and on the carpet and stuff. But we'll figure that out. And, but I, I encourage you to just quiet your heart before the Lord and, uh, and commune with Him. And we can do that on a regular basis. We can do that wherever we are in the stillness of our home, in the stillness of our heart and just receive all that he has for us. Okay, guys, so, you know, I just uh, encourage you folks to do that. On the opportunities section, I just want to give you a reminder. Re remember to vote, guys. You know, as Election Day rapidly approaches, they, they say on the ballot what they send out, that unless you get, we receive your information by such and such a time, 7 p.m. on Election Day, your vote will not count. So, you know, it's a great time to stand up and be counted and get your vote in. You know, um, one of our own guys from our own midst is actually running for uh, mayor. And, you know, I can highly recommend uh, him. We've grown up together and uh, uh, just a real man of God. So uh, I don't want to break any rules, but you guys know who Bud is. So, uh, you know, I can highly recommend him. But remember to vote. Uh, uh, many, you know, you're going to receive your envelopes, you're going to open it, you're going to lay it on the side, thinking about it, I'll get to it, and you know, kind of almost like a bill, well, my bills are like that. <laughs> I forget about them. And, and, uh, but uh, please mail or drive into the city hall and drop a uh, drop box as soon as possible. Guys, our situation today, you know, benefits have stopped on the um, additional $600 from the federal government. Schools remain closed. Small and big businesses shudder, or they face drastic reductions. One of the local uh, inter-island barge companies uh, said that we need a $25,000 million dollar loan. Uh, two weeks later or three weeks later, now it's $30 million. Wow. 
And it, it is scary because I was on the pier and I was, uh, you know, I watched the waterfront operations and I said, oh, it is awfully quiet across the channel from where I was sitting. Usually it's a hub of, of activity, but it has uh, slowed down. So, uh, but, you know, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lays within you guys. You know, the hope of Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, many people in the world, they're fearful of all the goings on. Uh, but we are like missionaries out in the field, guys, at the grocery store, the bank, in the marketplace of the community around us. So be ready and available as God brings opportunity our way. And, you know, we're going to see that this morning as we kind of track along with the life of Peter. And, you know, before, you know, this has been a long introduction as we get into the letters of Peter. But, uh, uh, you know, quite an interesting track to follow and quite an interesting way of seeing how God opened the door, how God ordained certain divine appointments and ordained meetings and called people in place and set people in place uh, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So, uh, again, great time. Why don't we turn in our Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. Just as a way of reminder, if you've got any kind of temperature or any kind of symptoms that you're feeling or you've come into contact with somebody who's been exposed, you know, I know I sound like the guy at the doctor's office or the, the <laughs> bank or whatever, and you know, and, uh, but you know, uh, for the sensitivity of others, just say, hang out, stay at home for a while, you know, isolate and keep it to yourself, in other words. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> keep your germs to yourself. <laughs> but uh, uh, guys, uh, no kidding, you know, we got to be sensitive and uh, why don't we pray? <laughs> Father God, we do want to thank you for this morning, Lord, and what a truly, you know, no kidding around, the worship is so joyous in you, Lord, and we thank you that from the first strike of the guitar chord, Lord, from the first time of prayer and the reading of your scripture, Lord, you seem to pour out an even greater measure, a greater superabundance, Lord, of your spirit, Father God, and we thank you that you are moving and ministering in our midst, Lord, and, and filling us and touching us, Lord, and washing and cleansing, Lord, and turning our attention uh, to where it ought to be, back to you, Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love, Lord, and we thank you for the church, the body of Christ, Lord, as we have the opportunity to gather, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness and great love, your tender mercy is new for us this morning. We pray you continue to bless us as we worship you now through the study of the word. We thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Before we get into Peter's letters again, we've been tracking the life uh, 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 in the Gospels as well as uh, in the book of Acts, the life of Peter. And unlike Paul, who was a prolific writer, Paul was that great letter writer, guys. And, you know, uh, sometimes we're always so happy we receive a letter or a card in the mail. And this, is, this was Paul. He was a blessing to the churches that he wrote to at Galatia, Ephesians, and Colossae, and the, the Thessalonians, and so on, and the Corinthians. He wrote these letters as a real blessing. And, you know, even in times of correction, as he did with the Corinthians, he spoke a strong word of 
uh, exhortation or correction into the hearts and lives of the people. Yet for all time, for all eternity, the words uh, penned by the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and lives till today. And again, uh, uh, Paul, who was that prolific writer, and we tracked his journeys in the book of Acts, and these letters uh, to various churches have been a blessing. But Peter, with only two letters uh, to his uh, authorship, uh, we are more dependent on the Gospels and the Acts for his background. But follow along with me in Acts chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 1. Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. And Caesarea was, uh, is where we find Cornelius, guys, who would be by chance, he would be one of the first Gentiles uh, taken into the church. You know, there was the, a few, uh, a few uh, months earlier, there was a pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon the Jewish community in Jerusalem, and many Jews from around the world were there, and uh, God got a hold of many hearts and lives. And now God is uh, uh, in, in, including the Gentile world, uh, that whole world outside of the Jewish nation, uh, on the good news of Jesus Christ. The city of Caesarea was a very important city. It was the Roman capital of Judea. Now it was the Roman world at that time. Rome, uh, Rome had conquered and Rome had control of many parts of the, the modern world at that time. But uh, Caesarea, the capital, uh, Roman capital of Judea on the coast of the Mediterranean. Uh, here we find Cornelius, an officer of the Roman army, much responsibility. He was in charge of a large battalion of guys. Uh, he had a lot of responsibility. But verse 2, he, we're told that he's a devout man who, was, who feared God and with his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. Funny, it was like the Lord had gotten a hold of this Gentile man, and again, he became a very devout man. Uh, uh, this word devout, uh, it's having uh, its roots uh, coming from two different words. The first word is well, and the second word is to revere, and to, uh, to literally to revere well. And here was a man who was devout. He revered well the things of the true and the living God. And he was one who exhibited in action reverence and awe towards God. You know, he lived a life that says, hey, I'm living my life for not the gods of this world, not the many pagan gods that Rome and Greek had bowed down to and the many statuary that were around. But, you know, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm seeker. I'm a seeker and a worshiper of the true and the living God. And uh, it was not only uh, himself, but his whole household were worshipers of God. And they sought the Lord. And uh, the alms speak of here, it talks of God. Uh, of gifts of charity for the people of God, along with continued prayer. And you know, those gifts of charity, the King James, you know, might translate charity as love, but gifts of love towards the Jewish people. And you know, he might have been a supporter of those uh, widows and orphans. He might have been a supporter of those less fortunate. He might have been one that, you know, gave uh, uh, with generosity towards the needs of the uh, of the community, the people that he lived in. And, you know, we might think of that. And uh, uh, e even for us as a little church, we become a clearinghouse, a conduit of uh, being able to support in, in, you know, small ways people in the community who are hurting. 
people who, who are going through illnesses, people who are hurting because not only illness, but they, uh, they have a downturn in their job and so on and so forth. So, you know, as the needs come up, as we hear of these needs or we're made known of these needs, uh, uh, we might be that conduit. But Cornelius was like this. He was a, give, a giver of charity for the people of God. He was one you might say who sought the lord and you know we think back of matthew 6:33, where we're told to seek god first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will come into place all things will be added unto you and you know as we seek the lord god sort of ordains and and orders our world our life and you know things seem to fall into place and uh uh time and talent and finances and whatever it might be uh, I think that we can be driven by worry or fear or we can be driven by the thought that yeah I gotta seek the Lord what's God's will what's God's plan and purpose even in this hardship even in this hard time what does God have for me here he goes on but on the ninth hour of the day he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him Cornelius and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed he said what is it Lord and he said to him your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God and the word uh, vision here is different from the act of seeing you might you guys might know that I had a little problem with my vision I had a couple injuries to my eye and uh, that that word vision or uh, might be translated the act of seeing or after my procedure my vision dramatically uh, improved uh, but not so here vision here speaks clearly of an appearance uh, uh, it's the appearance of an angel of God and uh, it speaks directly that this man saw an appearance, a vision of the angel of God. As you and I would be, Cornelius is pretty shaken up. Here he told, uh, he's told that the Lord had received his prayers and gifts of charity. It was, he, the Lord had just reinforced to him that, hey, Cornelius, I see your heart. I know your heart. I know that you're seeking me. And I gotta believe that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. I gotta believe that there are those outside of the 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 the, the, the quote-unquote normal realm of Christian Christianity that are seeking God sincerely. And God, in His heart, uh, desires to answer those folks and reveal Himself to them. They might be coming from a ray out of left field or off of uh, uh, third base or whatever it might be. But God is God knows the heart. And I can only say that we cannot say that, oh, they can't because they, they have this such and such a group or that. And, but I know, I know that one thing, it's God who knows the heart. And I trust in God, uh, not in what I can see or what I can figure or what I conclude to. He goes on, he says, now dispatch some men to Joppa, the angel telling uh, Cornelius, and sent for a man named Simon who was also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were, uh, who were his personal attendants. And after he had explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Here he gives instructions and Cornelius follows through, entrusting this task to those trusted servants. And you know, around us, uh, uh, you might think that God is uh, handing off assignments. God is giving us uh, certain things and tasking us and asking us, hey, can we follow through with this? Can we, can we check up with this? Uh, uh, Joppa was about 30 miles down the coastline and they might, they might have taken a water taxi, but I don't know if, how it is. You know, in Honolulu Harbor, you can jump on a, 
a small boat called a water taxi and you can get around the harbor pretty quick. But I don't know if it was uh, such a, uh, more likely during this time of Roman rule, the roads were pretty good for travel and it was a hard one day journey, 30 miles. Can you think that, uh, you know, a normal day's journey in those days were 20 miles. So if you think that they had to go 20 miles, uh, 30 miles, they would have to be really hoofing it uh, more like a day and a half. But uh, again, uh, he dispatched these guys and, you know, they were trustworthy guys, guys who loved the Lord. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we've spoken upon this on our Wednesday night study that um, like Jake, uh, like, uh, like the servant of the Lord who was entrusted, you know, with, uh, with things. And it, what, what was critical was that that steward or that servant would be found trustworthy in the things of following through with what the master had. And, you know, it, it brings question. Uh, are you and I, are we trustworthy with the things God has uh, tasked us with and uh, uh, those assignments and those, uh, those uh, things that he, he's called us? And again, on the next day, they were on their way, approaching the city. Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth, uh, sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while he was... Uh, uh, while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. You know, it's, it's strange that, you know, Cornelius, he prayed continually. And Peter here, he was, uh, he went up to the house uh, top to, to pray. And much of the time, guys, you know, as we pray, God is the one interceding. God is the one revealing to us his plans and purposes, whether it might be through a vision, the appearance of an angel, whatever it might be. You know, God is uh, moving and ministering as we draw our hearts near to him. And prayer can be done all over the place. Prayer can be done, you know, doing dishes. And you might do dishes three times a day after every breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You might be sitting at your desk and you might be having a hard day and you can say, man, I need a word of prayer. You might be driving along and saying, man, uh, th this is tough. And, you know, you uh, uh, just, just take a moment and and have a word of prayer, take it to the Lord. But you know, again, uh, the, the Lord is simply amazing as he works in ways we cannot fathom or anticipate. He's moving on our behalf as he does with Cornelius. Cornelius is preparing Peter's heart in the same time to be a part of the work God wanted to accomplish. You know, these men had no idea, no clue. Peter had no clue at all. He says, well, I'm gonna get some prayer time before lunch. And you know, here again, God is working in Peter's heart also. Peter, in a time of prayer, fell into that trance. And now Vine de describes, W.E. Vines describes this uh, as a condition, uh, uh, as ordinary consciousness and perception of natural circumstances were withheld. And the soul was susceptible only to the vision imparted by God. In other words, everything else was shut out, shut out. Uh, only what the Lord had to say or impart to the recipient was, uh, was the focal point of that person. In other words, nothing else could matter. The world could be collapsing around them, but only what God had to say was important. Uh, no outside influence, uh, only what God was revealing. And at times, uh, you know, God wants our perfect attention, man. He might come and speak to us. We might think that, oh, I better not go tell the guys at church, hey, I had a vision, you know, they, <laughs> they really might think I'm weird. 
like one of the guys, you know, down on the pier, he went and he told his friends, well, I became a Christian. They said, oh, man, this guy really went out over, over the edge now. <laughs> but again, you know, you, you, in words, uh, we cannot express, you know, at times. God wants to speak to us through those visions. Everything else is shut out. And only what God wants to reveal is imparted to us. He goes on in 11, and he saw the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by the four corners to the ground. And there were in all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy or and unclean. And again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed no longer considered unholy. And this happened three times. And immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now Peter was greatly perplexed in mind and, uh, as to what the vision which he had seen might be. And behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, appeared at the gate. It's amazing, guys. Peter was not even able to make out what all this meant. He didn't have time to think. He didn't have time to dissect. He didn't have time to, oh, let me think, up, let me think about it or ponder. He had no chance to do much more before the men sent by Cornelius appeared. You know, he re God revealed all of this, and all of a sudden, these guys are standing before me. They're at the gate. They're, they're knocking. Hey, we're looking for Peter. The one Simon called Peter, and uh, they were right there, and uh, and calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. <coughs> and while, uh, while Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you, but get up and go downstairs and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. And Peter, his spiritual, uh, uh, his spiritual ears attuned to the voice of the Spirit, uh, is instructed to go without hesitation. Hey, don't hold back. Don't think about it. Don't say, hey, should I go or shouldn't I go? Or should I go talk to my friend? Should I call uh, my prayer partner? Whatever it might be. Do I do it or not? Without hesitation, God's word says. And uh, it, it wasn't like, who are you? What do you want? Why should I? Why should I uh, go go with you, strangers? You know. And at times. Uh, uh, we go in, in faith and we go in the grace of God. And I, I'm not saying any of you ladies go jump in a car with a strange bunch of guys or whatever it might be. Or for you guys, don't jump in a, a bunch of a car with a strange bunch of ladies, whatever it might be. But, you know, at times uh, uh, it, it's like we throw caution to the wind and we trusting the leading of the spirit. And uh, we want everything. So, so we want everything with the travel plans. Uh, oh, should we get the trip insurance? Yeah, get the trip insurance because we want the guarantee that we can get back or we can get our money back or we can change our tickets. And, and yet uh, the Lord is telling Peter, hey, no trip insurance for you. Go without hesitation. Go without reservation because I have a work planned for you. And uh, he went on. Peter went down to the man and said, behold, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? 
And, I, uh, and they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house and hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. Peter would not only listen, but he went as far as to extend hospitality and lodging to these non-Jewish men. Uh, for the more orthodox Jew, this would be a big no-no, guys. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, we don't want to hear, but uh, to his credit, he listens to their explanation. A uh, footnote, in, in, in staying with the tanner and now uh, entertaining these Gentiles, he breaks all the rules he had grown up with. The key phrase in verse uh, 14 speaks of the unclean and the unholy. And, you know, he's speaking about people, really. You know, the animals represent people. He says, hey, you're, this people, they're unclean and unholy. And, you know, uh, during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, when these non-Jews came and they tried to thwart the work of rebuilding the temple walls, I mean, the, the city walls of Jerusalem and the gates of Jerusalem, there became a more deep-seated resentment toward these people of the world. And the, the Jews themselves actually grew stronger and firmer uh, in their dislike or maybe even hatred of the non-Jewish people. With, you know, there was a lot of distrust because of guys like Sembalat and Tobiah who came to thwart the work of uh, rebuilding the city walls in Jerusalem. But again, uh, he breaks the rules that he had grown up with Again, uh, the, the key word in verse 14, unclean and holy, this is what the Jews had grown up with, uh, have nothing to do with these people. You know, they're, they're fuel for the hells of fire, they were thought, taught. And uh, what a great uh, travesty and a great uh, thing of uh, tossing all the, all the people in, uh, into one category, not good. Uh, he, uh, uh, and they went the next day, he got up and went with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied them. And on the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. You know, here we see great anticipation in the home of Cornelius. And I believe uh, it was uh, not because a man was entering his home, but the anticipation, I believe, he knew God was moving and what God was doing. You know, it's, it's like when we had, uh, uh, early on, we hosted several Harvest Crusades here in Honolulu, and uh, the first, uh, first couple were at the, the, um, the Waikiki Shell, and they weren't, you know, they were well-organized, but not real well-organized, but, you know, there was a great anticipation with the entire Christian community because we anticipated that a God had a word for many, many people, and God was going to do a work in the hearts and lives of many. And, and uh, you know, we, we had one, we had two. We had one, I believe, when we were uh, doing the, the building up at Komomai. And uh, one of the young engineers from uh, Hawaiian Electric, Hiko, he was, uh, uh, we were meeting, and he was, uh, you know, God was doing a work in his heart and life. And he says, yeah, I'm going to come to the Harvest Crusade. And, you know, and, uh, Greg Laurie gave the altar call. Phew, he was the first guy down in front. And, you know, he's been walking with the Lord ever since. But, you know, when these things happened, there was with great anticipation. Cornelius was saying, there's going to be a moving of God, and God is going to touch and speak to our hearts. And uh, um, 
Uh, he was really excited, I think. Uh, and when Peter entered, verse 25, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter raised him up saying, Stand up, for I too am just a man. And Peter wisely received no glory for himself, guys. Instead, point, pointing Cornelius back to the Lord. And at times, you know, that's the danger within the Christian community because uh, this guy is a great preacher or a great man of God or some attesting miracles that happened by his hand, whatever it might be. There's that temptation. Uh, that I deserve some of the praise and the honor and glory because, you know, I, I'm a servant of the God Most High. So, you know, you, you can uh, give me a little bit of the honor, a little bit of the glory. And that's where many guys, I believe, have fallen. That's where many guys have taken liberty with things that uh, should have been untouched and anathema. We're just men of God serving God. No better, no worse. And uh, uh, some of us... Uh, uh, Again, uh, I, th I think the reminder for us is, you know, don't go there. Uh, all the praise, honor, and glory uh, we should give to the Lord. And I can say amen to that. But he talked with them, verse 27. He entered and found many people assembled. And he said to them, you know yourselves uh, how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. Yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. And that's why I came without even raising any objection when uh, I was sent for. So I asked for what reason uh, you have sent for me. And the Lord was doing a work, uh, uh, a, a work in Peter declaring all men to be clean. Remember, uh, there was a great uh, real animosity against the Gentile uh, uh, world that developed uh, uh, even greater and greater. Uh, despising and hatred for non-Jews. Uh, this is the reason I am here, he said. I will tell, uh, now tell me what reason you have called me. You know, um, they, they, at one time, the Hawaii used to call themselves the melting pot of the Pacific. And I, as I look around, I think that, hey, we are a melting pot. We are, we are a bunch of different peoples and different colors and creeds and backgrounds. But, you know, it was difficult uh, at times. The newcomers always get the brunt of the thing. And uh, you notice that when you had a new kid in your neighborhood and they, they came from a foreign land, the first thing the, the, the lousier kids would do is teach them all the bad words, <laughs> you know, like the F word and this and that. And, you know, out, out of these mouths, they didn't know it. Oh, Oh, hi, Ohio mama, you know, bleep you, you know, <laughs> bleeping to you. And, you know, it's a bad thing. But again, I'm here to tell you, you know, uh, that all men are created equal. And uh, he says, Cornelius for, said for four days ago, uh, to this very hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he says, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. And your arms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon, the tanner by the sea. So I sent uh, for you immediately, and you have come. I've been kind enough to come. And then we are all present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. And they said, hey, we are attentively waiting for you. I follow through with what the, the Lord has uh, told me. And, you know, Cornelius, as devout as he is, uh, 
towards the Lord without question follow through with what the angel had told him and what the angel had instructed him and to do. And there was a, there was a man of faith, guys, no question, no doubting, but just follow through according to God's word. Um, we see uh, that word again in verse 33 is the word immediately. Remember, we've been commenting about words that are repeated over and over, but we see this word immediately. There was no vacillating, no delay, Oh, let me take a day or so to think about it. But only great anticipation is what the Lord uh, was going to do. Imagine the excitement and anticipation, no, uh, uh, the wonder, what, what is God going to do for us? And you know, at times uh, we come to a crossroads, we come to a tough place. It might be a job situation. It might be something relational, relational whatever it might be. But, you know, at times we get so down, and, and at, 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 I think at times the, the, the one with that positive attitude is going to say, oh, what do you got for me now, Lord, you know? And, you know, what exciting thing do you have? And I'm excited. And, you know, we like, we like consistency. We don't like change, human beings. But at times God is not like that. He's dynamic. He's moving. He's changing things up. And here today, gone to Japan, whatever it might be. <laughs> You're my missionary, you know. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, verse 34, he says, Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, and um, but that in every, uh, every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. And here it is, I understand now. Peter, Peter didn't understand when he saw that vision. Peter didn't understand when these men came to the gate and uh, uh, called out to him. He, he didn't understand. At times, we don't fully understand or comprehend all what God is doing, guys. You know. Peter, in faith and obedience, came a long way to enter the house of this Gentile, something he would never have done previously. He would have never done that. He says, Lord, I'm a good Jewish boy. I'm not going to enter into this Gentile home. And, you know, I'm not going to eat that oyster or that lobster or whatever it is, uh, or that piece of pork loin or that piece of bacon, you know. Uh, he would never have done these things previously. Cornelius, with childlike trust, placing his hope in God, follows through with the angel's instructions. And I think here's the key words here, but in every nation, there are men who are welcome to him. There is, a, the, there is though a caveat. Uh, it's to those who fear him and do the right thing. You know, those, uh, he says, but in every nation, there are those, uh, to those who fear him and to those who do the right thing, it is welcome to come into the family and to the body of Christ. Solomon, who was the wisest man of all time, said just about that same thing in Ecclesiastes, the final chapter. Uh, he said the conclusions, he, he says, I'm coming to a conclusion. The conclusion is, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments. Real simple, yeah. He said, hey, give reverence to the Lord and, and do it according to the word of God. You know, we, we can say that. And, you know, that, that stuck with me for years. I remember uh, Gail Irwin sharing that with us when we were at the old theater 
uh, at one event and I said, oh, that verse stuck with me. It's so simple. All we got to do is give our God the honor and glory and live, it, live according to his word. And hey, we're on the right track. We're on the right track. Fear God and keep his word because this applies to every person for God will bring every act to judgment according which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. He says it's all going to come out in the light in the end, guys. The last two verses of Ecclesiastes, he's saying that if fear God, keep his commandments, know that hey, judgment will come one day and, you know, everything is going to come to the light. And uh, all those guys who thought they had, they had gotten away with it, oh, I got away with it. Ooh, I cut that corner. I made that deal. I made that bundle. I don't care about the people that got hurt. They're just the little guys. You know, I think that there are a lot of people like that out there. And one day, all their, their things are going to become visible in the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. You know? uh, 36, uh, we're trying to move on here. 36, uh, the word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus, Christ. He is the Lord of all. Here's the key. It's peace through Jesus Christ. Guys, today much of the world has no peace. Much of the world is held in fear because of this word pandemic. But now it's not only the pandemic. Uh, economies are in shamble. Now when you think that uh, a guy's big companies like the Inter-Island uh, Barge Company here, they've been with us for 100 years, over 100 years. And uh, the airline, wow, they don't want a local airline left. And, you know, now they're laying off 25% of the people. And, wow, um, much of the world held in fear because of the, the disease, the economy, people living in fear for their well-being and their very lives. You know, we, we, we're in fear. We don't trust. And I go out walking in the afternoons, and you'd be surprised. The people, they rather walk on the road than walk next to you. I was thinking, hey, I don't want, I'm not that bad. I don't have that many cooties or whatever you think I might have. But they're fearful. They don't want to come. They want to stay not six feet away. They want to stay eight feet away. And I'm going to walk right next to the cars whizzing by to stay my eight feet away from you, brother. You know? <laughs> and that's how it is, you know. And uh, This one guy, he was out. He used to come out run and... Then he started bringing his son. And then when the, the, the numbers started to come up, we, I said, hey, where's your son? He said, oh, I, he cannot come out anymore because the numbers are spiking up. He cannot come jogging with me. And he said, oh, this was so nice, the father and son out there jogging. And he says, but oh my, I make my son stay at home. And uh, you know, people in fear like that, their well-being, they fear their very lives. But the peace that comes only in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah said it rightly. He told us uh, in Isaiah 26, he says, uh, The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. You know, and I, I, I love that because the steadfast of mind, it says that our mind is steadfast, our mind is stable, our mind is set upon you, Lord. And, 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 uh, 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 I'm going to receive your peace because I want to trust in you. And sometimes we, we vacillate. Sometimes we go back and forth. And sometimes there, there's a little bit of lapse of faith. I, I have no doubt. You know, we all go through that. But those that have their minds stayed upon the Lord, you will keep in perfect peace. And it's not that I got to keep in perfect peace. It says you or the Lord will keep us in perfect peace. So 
I gotta just say, I gotta go with that. Uh, 37, he goes on, but you yourselves know the thing which took place through all of Judea, starting with Galilee after the baptism with John, John proclaimed, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And you know, you, you yourselves know, you know, he says that hey, the fame of Jesus has spread throughout the modern world. And from Jerusalem, it's come down to you now here in Caesarea, uh, the capital of the modern world of Rome here in Judea. But Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good, healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God was with him. And you know, I gotta say that we have that same anointing of the Holy Spirit, guys, and we have to be doing good and going around and, um, and helping to assist in, in healing those oppressed by the devil. Some were oppressed and held in fear. Some were held by things of old, uh, things haunting them and things of the past and things of the present all coming down and, uh, you know, God, they recognized that God was with him. And, you know, I hope that, I, I hope and pray that people recognize that hey, God is, God is with you, and 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 God is with you. And there's something different about those crazy Christians. And, you know, the difference is, I wonder if it, if they can come to that. I wonder if their brain can sync that up, that these guys are Christians. I wonder if they can sync up that hey, God is with them. And maybe God can be with us. Maybe I can get that healing. Maybe I can get that touch. And we are witnesses of all the things he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on the cross. It all comes back to the gospel message. He died on the cross for our sins. He was raised again on that third day. It all comes to that. God raised him up on the third day, granted uh, that he may become visible, not to all people, but to those witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is us, who ate and drank with him after he rose uh, uh, from the dead. He ordered us to preach uh, to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as God, a judge of the living and the dead. And of, the, of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins. Guys, you know, it's simple. As people believe in the name of Jesus, they receive him. You know, uh, uh, they receive the forgiveness of sins. And, you know, uh, uh, we, uh, he is strong here. He ordered us to preach to the people. And it's not like a suggestion. It's not like, a, 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 oh, you think you can go talk to that person that I'm leading you to speak with. But he says, hey, you know, it, it's almost it's this commandment that we go and take the gospel into all the nation of the world. Uh, the following verses tell us of his coming upon uh, those listening to the message. And they were filled with the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit and baptized in the name of Jesus. The hearts and lives of those present would be changed for all time. But it's Peter's heart uh, inexplicably touched for all time of the knowledge that God had cleansed. What God had cleansed, uh, he should no longer consider unholy or unclean. And the thought is that every nation, from every nation of the world, those who fear him and those who do what is right is welcome to him. You know, so guys, uh, God is not a, 
lover of one people. He's a lover of every nation. And for those who fear him, because there are those who are going to choose to seek God and to fear God, and there are those who are going to curse God, and uh, they're going to be separated. But, you know, the thing is, uh, all those who fear him and do what right is welcome to him. I'm glad that, you know, for some reason, uh, my heart was open and, you know, I was welcome to him. And I'm sure for most of us here today and most watching by the Internet and so on, hey, we, we fear God and God welcomed us into the body, into the family. And I want to just reiterate and tell you guys, hey, welcome to the family, the body of Christ, guys. Let's pray. Father God, we do want to thank you, Lord. And what an amazing God you are, Lord, to work in the hearts and lives that you're not a God of prejudice. You're not a God of this people or that people, but you're really a God of all people. And I default back to the verses in your scripture that says that you desire that none would perish, but all come to everlasting life, Lord. And I believe that all means really all the peoples of this world, Lord. And we pray, Lord, you might touch hearts, Lord, and you might breathe new life into those hardened hearts and those uh, uh, separated by the desperate wickedness of sin, Lord, and uh, uh, that you would breathe that life uh, and that life abundantly uh, in and through the love of Jesus Christ, Father. Pour out richly in these last days. Open up hearts and minds to all that you have during these fearful times, Lord, where people are really held in fear. Uh, we can set them free in the love of Jesus Christ, Father. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
be with you all. God bless you.